0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. A beautiful day in the city of Chicago. I hope it's great where you are, no matter where you are in the world, even, even if you're just around the corner. What the hell? I hope you're doing great. I hope everything's fine. I hope everything's going your way. I know that can't happen all the time or to everybody. But believe me, uh, when the George Wilder Jr. show says that uh, he hopes that everybody is doing great and fine and happy, uh, he means it. I mean it, you know. So, um, there you go.
2: <laughs> there
1: you go. All right. Um, it's beautiful here in the city of Chicago. Once again, I hope it's great where you are. And I'm glad that you tuned into the George Wilder Jr. Show. If you can't, you can always podcast the show later. Download it if you want. Put it on your website if you want. That's up to you. I mean, it's it's, it's out there. Um. Yeah, it's out there. It is totally, totally out there. And uh, let's see, what can we talk about today? What What do we have uh, can you give me something that I can talk about? Because I'm fresh out of ideas. I'm fresh out of topics. We have no guests, at least uh, for this particular show. Uh, so what do I talk about? <laughs> Trump. Ah, Let's see. Uh, government shutdowns are costly and stupid. I agree with that. Trump is saying that he's going to shut down the government. If the Democrats, if the Democrats and Republicans... Do not give him anything for his wall, he's going to shut it down. And if this happens, and it could because Trump is an asshole, uh it could, uh if this happens, the Trump the Republicans might as well give up being Republicans. Their party is over. This over because in twenty twenty we're gonna hold the Republicans, Donald Trump and his scary-ass Republicans. We're going to hold these people accountable for this, shutting down the government. That means some people, especially federal workers, will not be getting their paycheck. And you know that federal workers are made up of Democrats and Republicans. So they're just turning the, the Republican part of the federal workers against them. And they're... And come 2020, these Republicans, uh, uh, federal workers are be- are going to become Democratic federal, federal workers, and they're going to be voting Democratic in the 2020 election. And Donald Trump still has the audacity to think that he's going to win this election. He thinks he's going to be reelected president in 2020. And you've got some people, even some media outlets saying that Donald Trump will be e- – will be reelected and do a second term. Donald Trump will not be elected if he decides to run in 2020, and if he makes it to 2010 to 2020 without being uh, indicted or subpoenaed along those lines, along those lines. But let's say if he does make it to 2020, and he might because the, there is a guideline in, in the Department of Justice that's saying a city, sitting president cannot be indicted. Uh, while in office, and it seems like it's going to hold up. It, it's all up to Bob Muller. It seems like it's going to hold up. And even with the Democrats, it seems like it's going to hold up. And uh, But uh, uh, Trump will not be elected. He will not be reelected. That's delusional thinking, and it's a lot of uh, delusional thinking out there. For instance, a lot of Trump supporters are elated, And happy that they're they're going to be losing their health care because of uh, this federal judge, Trump judge, uh, declared it uh, unconstitutional or something like that. And he struck it down in Texas, struck the law down in Texas. And uh, a lot of uh, people, Trump supporters, (laughs) losing their health care will not be able to go to the doctor. But they still love Trump. They're saying that Trump is going to make health care a lot better for them. they are delusional. Trump is not going to do a fucking thing for you. He's going to strike down Obamacare, and he's not going to come up with anything to replace it, neither him or the Republicans. But the Trumpsters, uh, Trump Republicans, Trump supporters, they are so delusional. You can almost tell a Trump supporter. I mean, especially if they're responding to you on social media. (laughs) They can't spell. They can't put two words together that make sense, but they're trying to get their thought out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You can always... And they admit it. They they are Trump supporters. I mean, he takes away their health care. He takes away their Social Security check. They think that's a good thing. They wind up homeless, dead. They don't give a fuck. They are Trump supporters. And you know but i do believe that there is a lot more there's a lot of smart people more so than uh these ignorant ones out here there are too many smart and educational education uh people lots of education i'm trying to say out here who knows how to put two words together two numbers together two and two together and come up with four i mean you can't count on that with a trump supporter okay and i hate I'm going to tell you something, folks. I hate putting people down. I don't like that. It's not in my forte to put people down, no matter what they do, who they are, where they come from, uh, as long as they're trying to do something good with their life. you know, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who goes around bashing or bullying people because of what they do or because of their nationality, because of where they come from. I don't do things like that, but... when I see people are being assholes, they're mean, nasty, vile, non-caring, they have no sophistication, they have no class, they have no ability to pull themselves up by their bootstraps because it's something they do not want to do, then I get in those people's, those kind of people, I get in their asses. Tough, you know. So, but basically, my thing is not to belittle people. I don't care if, if you're a janitor or... Or you're working at a uh you're a CEO at some great, great corporation, it doesn't bother me. I don't I don't try to but when you uh you know try to step on me or someone like me or someone lower than I am, uh then I have a problem with that. I have a problem. I have a problem with people who uh do not have lives of their own. And then they try to destroy yours because they don't have lives of their own. Because if if someone had a life of their own, they wouldn't be too busy thinking about what you're doing and trying to make you look bad, would they? <laughs> I don't think so. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio Show on Block Talk Radio. Right, Wilder Jr. Show, and we've been on. Wow, man, we've been on a, quite a while. Some uh, I've had lots of guests guests on the show, folks. I've had over three or four hundred people on the show. Uh, I regret that I didn't get a lot of those people to, uh, and some of them still listen to the show. I've been told some have, uh, you know, uh, gone off wherever they've gone off to, and uh, some still listen to the show. Some people still rec, um, you know, uh, uh, tell other people to listen to the show. Some people may not listen to the show uh, when it's live, but they'll listen to the show whenever they possibly can. And that's great. That's beautiful. Whenever you possibly can, because a lot of the, the folks at Blog Talk Radio are saying, hey, George, we don't we don't count the folks that listen to you live. We count the folks that listen to you after, after the show is over and the show is podcast. It doesn't matter what the fuck happens. I'm doing the show. I'm happy that I'm doing the show, and I will continue to do the show as long as I can. And I promise that as long as I can, as long as I can. The George Walter Jr. Show is on the air. We're talking about Donald Trump, the presidency. Um, I got some questions from uh, listeners. Uh, Maybe I can get to those later. But um, we're talking about this government shutdown. And and, uh, as I've said before, folks, a government shutdown is just costly and stupid and it's dumb. Fits right in with the Republican agenda, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Fits right in there. The federal government may be partially shut down later this week if if President Donald Trump doesn't get the $5 billion he's demanding from Congress for a wall along the southern U.S. border that he claimed Mexico would pay for. Remember he was saying Mexico would pay for a wall? Now he wants taxpayers to pay for it. He wants you and me and American taxpayers to pay for this. It ain't going to happen. You can shut the government down all the fuck he wants to. Only thing is going to happen when he trying to hold this country hostage for money to build a fucking wall unnecessarily so on the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, it won't happen. The Democrats say it will not happen. Where is he going to get the money from to do that? Where Where is he going to get $5 billion that he is demanding from Congress? the Senate and the House of Representatives. Where is he going to get the money from? I'm going to tell you where he's going to get the money from. He's going to get the money from by cutting entitlement programs and social security, Medicare, food stamps. This is where the money is going to come from. Even if he cuts those programs and let's say he totally outright eliminates those programs, uh, and takes that money, uh, put that money towards his wall, it still will not be enough to get his fucking wall built. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. The Democrats are not gonna give him five fucking million dollars for a useless wall. Try to keep people out. I'm gonna tell you something. Wall or no wall, if people wanted to get into America, they would they 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 would find another way to get in if they can't get through uh, uh, just by walking through, they will find another way of getting into the country. They will dig holes down, up under the wall, deep down, and just dig, dig, dig all on, and come on in. They'll get uh, fifty foot, a hundred foot ladders, two hundred foot ladder, build ladders, and just come on over the fucking wall. There's no. Real solution to keeping people out of the country. And a wall is one of the dumbest things there can be. But Trump, he figures, well, he's going to keep the killers out. He's going to keep the murderers out. He's going to keep the druggers out. Waiting in. Matter of fact, they've got other ways of getting into uh, uh, America without even coming across the border. But I can't get over Trump saying almost a hundred fucking times that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Mexico gave him the thumb and said "fuck you." <laughs> I can't, can't. I can remember, and I'm pretty sure you can too. If you're following this, you, you, you remember too when he was saying Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. Now he wants the elderly, the old people, Medicare. He wants. Us to pay for it, young people, he wants us to pay for it he's He's actually demanding that we pay for it. Cut the social programs, cut everything uh, uh uh that's keeping us alive, that's keeping people who are not rich like they are alive. Cut everything, give all that fucking money to to the wall five billion dollars. If Trump want a fucking wall, let him pay for it. You want it? You pay for it. You, you sp- you're supposed to be a billionaire. You pay for it. I don't think that guy's a billionaire. Uh, Trump is a businessman. He's he got rich on using other people's money, just like he's using our money now and pocketing it and pocketing it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It says here, if a shutdown comes to pass, it will be costly and stupid. It will be a costly and stupid one, just like other shutdowns that preceded this one if it comes. The federal government does not save money when it grinds grinds to a halt and the federal workers stop working. In fact, the opposite happens. The government wastes time and resources prepping for a shutdown and then must catch up on miswork once the government reopens. In the meantime, workers temporarily go without their paychecks, consumer confidence dampens, and the gross domestic product takes a small but noticeable hit. In short, shutting down the government is a self-inflicted and devastating move. But Donald Trump does not care. This is his motorandum: is to destroy America up in America. This is his plot with Russia to destroy America. This is what he wants. He doesn't give a fuck about who it hurts, how many children is going to get hurt by this, adults not getting, federal workers not getting their paychecks. He doesn't give a fuck about that. He just want to see people hurt because he's a fighter. He's right fighting back. Nobody likes him. Nobody, everybody criticizes him. Everybody thinks he stinks. So he's going to go after, and he's been doing that since, since he became president, going after people. And I've been saying from day one of his presidency that Donald Trump hated America. Donald Trump hates, hates the United States. And how many times have he actually proven it? Proven what I said to be true, I'm pretty sure other people have said uh, some things that are similar, but but I I mean I was uh, just saying it uh, over and over and over on this show that he hates America. I said it on social media, I said it in some of the writings that I'm doing. Uh, he hates America, and he, and the Republicans and Donald Trump prove me to be correct, and other people who are saying the same thing prove us to be correct. This man cannot stand America. He wants to be a dictator. He's pissed off. He's more pissed off the Republicans losing the House of Representatives back in the midterms than he is anything. The Democrats, he lashed out at the Republicans for losing the House of Representatives because if they'd have won it, then Democrats, the Democratic democracy as we know it, and Democrats would have been over. It would have been kaput. But I was listening to something that James Comey was saying, and he was saying for Republicans to stop being afraid of this monster, this dumbass man. Stop being afraid of him. Stop being afraid of him. Vote against Donald Trump. He doesn't give a shit about the rule of law. He doesn't give a fuck about telling monumental lies out or to the American people and the world, for, for that matter. He doesn't give a shit about it. I mean, he was the meeting that he had with the Democrats. Donald Trump sat on his fat ass and lied, 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 lied. lied. What did he lie about? He lied about the wall being built. He said the. I think he said about two or three or four times. Yeah. Uh, he said that the wall was being built. If you don't believe me, go back and check out the tape. You can find it on YouTube or, or Facebook. It's, it's it's floating around someplace. Google it. This man sat on his fat ass for about three minutes and said the wall is being built. In terms of it being constructed right now, as everybody was meeting in the Oval Office, it was not. The news media, the news media, no, it's not being built. Because if that fucking wall was being built, I mean, it would be so much hoopla around it. I mean, you would have every reporter in the world down there on the border where it's being built. You would have Mexico bitching about it being built. Donald Trump just. What makes this man lie like that? What makes this man lie so much when his lies are going to be found out immediately, immediately? And then he just goes on his day like nothing happened. Or he'll try to find a, a distraction to distract you away from what people are talking about at that very moment. Donald Trump, is, if, he's good at, if he is good at anything, he is good at distracting people. Well, let's say this. He, he was good at distracting people because a lot of people have woke, woken up and know of his distractions. I think the first – actually, I think the first uh, uh, thing that the Democrats should do once they take office is to impeach Trump, but they're not going to do it. Donald Trump has done so much to be impeached for impeachment does not mean that he's going to be removed from office. I mean uh, uh, Bill Clinton was impeached but he stayed in office uh, Donald Trump will not be removed unless only way Donald if, if the Democrats impeach Donald Trump which I doubt they would do because Nancy Pelosi is making all kind of excuses to why Trump should not be impeached and one of the reasons one of the reasons One of the things that she's saying that Donald Trump cannot be impeached because they're waiting on the Mueller investigation. The Mueller investigation is not going to do too much because it's not going to get uh, any indictments uh, at Trump's door because uh, because Trump cannot be indicted because he's a sitting president. At least that's what the Department of Justice is saying, and and Mueller is going to probably – You know, abide by that because he's a law enforcement guy and he does things by the rules. You know, he doesn't break a rule, but I think the first order of business for the Democrats in January when they take the office is to impeach Trump. They don't need to be doing a lot of investigations. They need to come out swinging. I mean they don't need to uh, – they need to come out swinging or flying, and impeachment should be the first order of business. This man deserves to be out of office. Impeach him now and save democracy. Impeach him now and save the order, the rule of law, the rule of law. That's what they need to impeach him for. We voted for him. We were a part of the blue wave. We are the blue wave. We put their asses in office. We put their asses in office to check and balance Donald Trump. We put their asses in office to impeach him. Trump is running around if you impeach me, people are gonna revolt. We impeach you, people are not gonna revolt. They're gonna spit on you. That's what they're gonna do. This man is crazy, this man is a loon, this man should be in a psychopath ward someplace, not the office of the president. Anyway, the federal government—they're um, saying we'll shut down this week, and, and you know, I mean, this is uh, this is not too far, yeah. And Donald Trump, you know, but I tell you this: if the if the government does shut down, the Republicans will lose more seats in the Senate, if not all of them, because America is going to remember. This, just by Trump saying that the government is going to shut down, let's say if he's just threatening, he's just talking shit. Still in all, when you're threatening to shut down the government, that means you're threatening to stop federal workers from getting their paychecks. And there's thousands and thousands of federal workers around America. And When you threaten someone's paycheck, you threaten someone's livelihood, you think they're going to vote for you in the next election? Think you got it all locked up? You think those crazy and stupid and ignorant supporters out there are going to put you over? No way. This is why I said at the top of the show, the Republicans are through. They're done. It's over. Their party is... This is why... Turtleneck is out there trying to say, "Do not shut the government down," because he knows what's at stake. Their party is at stake. Their their governing body is at stake. The Republican Party, as it is, will be demolished, totally demolished. You know, so so go ahead and shut the government down. I mean, he's not going to get no fucking five billion dollars for a fucking wall. Shut the, shutting the government down means that they will lose in 2020. They're going to lose in 2020 anyway, but they, they will lose by larger margins, and they will not be able to count on Fox News to lie them out of this. Comey said something about Fox News too. He said, I think he said the Republicans should stop being afraid of Fox News. I'm going to get that clip, and I'm going to play it on the show sometime later on in the week. But he said the Republicans should stop being afraid of Fox News. Stop being afraid of Donald Trump. Stop being afraid of his tweets. Donald Trump is not your employer. The American people (laughs) is your employer. But the Republicans, they don't see it that way. Weak, spineless. I mean, you've got paul ryan you've got mitch mcconnell you got all these jackass senators white people white people uh who are fucking up the government who are who are trying to up in the rule of laws who are uh trying to end democracy as we know it it's white people there's no doubt about it i mean this show is i'm not a i'm not a prejudiced Radio host. This show is not racist or anything of that sort, but we have to deal with what we see and what's coming. I mean, you take Wisconsin, um, um, the governor in Wisconsin signed into law a bill weakening the incoming government. Weakening the incoming governor. And this is being done in a lot of states because the Republicans hold a majority in, the, in those state legislatures and the incoming, the blue wave that we trying to weaken it, the Republicans. And if, if some of these states, if they don't fight back, if they don't sue these jackasses, what the Republicans are doing is it's going to stand. And these this is done by white people so that's that's it's a fact. What can I say? You know, I'm not racist or anything. I'm just being truthful. I'm just being truthful. If you think about it, I mean, if you go back into history, uh, um it was white people who stole lands from the Indians, stole this land from the Indians. Some people say, well, they were Native Americans. You call them anything you want. The land was stolen out from under the Indians and the Mexicans. And now they're doing the same thing. They're trying to take this land from uh, African-Americans. They're trying to take this land from from uh, um, Mexican-Americans and claim it. Anybody who's not white, they figure shouldn't be here. Anybody who's poor, they figure shouldn't be here. Anybody who's getting. Social services shouldn't be here. This is what the Republicans think, and they're white. Uh, If this was if if this was something being caused by African Americans, in which African Americans wouldn't do in the first place, you know, I mean, we're too busy killing each other, you know, bitching with each other. (laughs) We could never think of something like this to do. But anyway, um, African Americans will never do something like this, you know. I mean. We're about country. The Republicans, they want to seize America. They want to control the United States. This would have happened if it wasn't for a blue wave. This w- the only thing that stopped this shit from happening is that we voted. We voted. We got them scoundrels. We took not all of our country back, but we took some of it back. We stopped them motherfuckers in their tracks. Use my language, folks. But we stop these people in their tracks. In Donald Trump's world, you, you use bad language because Donald Trump uses it. And everybody says, well, the president sets the tone for uh, America. And he does. He sets the tones for America. If Donald Trump says go out there and commit violence, somebody's coming out and do violence on people. The president sets the tone for this country, and every tone that Donald Trump has has set has been violence, hatred, destruction, because his main objective with Vladimir Putin, Russia, is destroy and bring down this country while lining their pockets was about. But now it's not going to happen. I feel for some of these states, though. I mean, some of these states are uh that are being uh, kidnapped and stolen by these rogue Republicans. Uh, that's 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 not good. But in Wisconsin, Mich- Michigan, and Georgia, and a lot of other states, you know, make sure you folks register to vote. Get everybody out there to vote the next time, and when when voting comes up just vote these republicans straight out of office and i've said this many times republicans should never ever hold any office within the within excuse me within the united states they should never ever be elected to any office no matter how big or how small republicans are all on the same page destroy america fuck off the people screw the people screw the people who put them in office screw the people who uh, voted for them and screw america screw the united states hang out with nazis and russians all right everybody thanks for uh tuning into the george Wilder jr show uh it is it is what it is folks and uh we've got to do a better job at at uh, voting for these people. We did a good job in the, in the uh, midterms, but we're gonna have to do a lot better. We're gonna have to do a lot better.
2: Office
3: A few moments ago, it's right. very fun. I got to see a little bit of things here. So thank you, thank I appreciate you. it. What do you love about being president? So, so when you on. get up in the morning, hey, the and you say, the I get course. to go do this, what do you
2: love? My people love the job I'm doing. Yeah, you have such energy for this. You right try to, well, yeah, you do actually
3: you
2: do. Not every
4: president would have worked six and seven days out on a campaign. How does it feel to be awesome? Good morning and welcome to AM Joy. As Donald Trump's legal woes multiply, the ground is beginning to crumble under his feet with now three separate federal criminal inquiries into him and his associates. Trump's former lawyer and fixer Michael Cohen was sentenced to three years in prison this week and went public, directly implicating his former boss in a scheme to break campaign finance laws. And yet, Fox News anchor Harris Faulkner sat down with Trump this week and served up a heaping helping of softballs. But even in his safe space at Fox, Trump couldn't completely escape news
5: of his legal troubles.
6: Why did you hire Michael Cohen? So he was years known ago, fix. I'll tell you what,
5: first of all,
2: first that was his title.
5: very low-level work. He did, work.
2: Why did, he you did need more them? public
5: relations than he did law, but he did, so you'd see him on television, he was okay on television. But years ago, many years, like 12, 13 years ago, he did me a favor.
7: Well, likely
4: even more jarring for the MAGA faithful, one Fox contributor, Judge Andrew Napolitano, veered way off script this week on the Kirby Couch.
5: A very, very telling statement it came out of the judge's mouth yesterday. The judge finding that the president ordered and paid for Michael Cohen to commit a crime. That
3: is very telling.
5: The intentional deception and failure to report campaign f- uh, 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 payments. Donald, so, Trump on
3: Congress- Donald Trump is said.
4: Joining me now is author and media analyst Eric Bollard and MSNBC contributor Gabriel Sherman.
8: Thank you guys. All right, so
4: we, are we seeing sort of a disturbance in the fourth, game where some people at Fox can't stay on
8: the talking points? Yeah, I mean, I'd love that clip you just showed where Steve Ducey was almost shocked that <laughs> Please, he was like, he was like there was like a <laughs> there was like a, a glitch in the matrix, and suddenly like truth came through, and he said, "What crime had he committed?" So yeah, I think there are moments, but I think ultimately, you know, the network is still behind him. The question is when do the, the audience turn on Trump. This Correct. is ultimately a ratings game for Fox. Sure. So if they start to see the ratings erode, you'll see more and more hosts break with the president.
4: And let's play one more of the Steve Ducey versus a, Judge Napolitano. Just one more little clip.
3: Donald Trump has said that that was not a campaign uh, violation because it wasn't involving the campaign. It was a damage control payment. Unfortunately, the president wasn't in the courtroom and the people who were. Uh, The federal prosecutors who had a statement from David
5: Pecker, the guy that owns uh, uh, the American National Enquirer, said it was for the campaign. The prosecutor said it was for the campaign. Michael Cohen said it was for the campaign.
4: I wonder, you know, Eric, when when the viewers of Fox News hear that, or right. hear Chef Smith, who regularly just breaks it down and keeps it real, right. is that something that they view as their network being fair and balanced, or is this something that they just utterly reject, and that ultimately management says do less of that?
9: I think they utterly reject it. I think the the whole idea of Fox News is you just hear this message over and over again. But the problem for Trump is going to be, you know, Fox isn't going to be enough. You know, sentencing judges, sentencing judges don't care about Fox News. Thinks. Things, right? Grand juries don't care what Fox News thinks. Right. Democratic chairmen of House committees don't care what Fox News <laughs> thinks. We're entering a whole new dimension now, and 2019 is going to be much more of a legal battle versus a political partisan battle. Yeah. Fox News is very good on the partisan, the mudslinging stuff. Yeah. It's very bad. Judge Napolitano is off script because he's actually a judge who kind of <laughs> understands the law. Everyone else. Uh, there, there's no defense that they've come up with that makes any sense for any of this Russia stuff.
4: Yeah, I want to bring in Charlie, Charlie Sykes now. Charlie, you, you were on uh, conservative talk radio for a very long time, so you yeah. know how uh, you know, exacting uh, conservative audiences can be if you veer off script and you don't tell them what they want to hear. I wonder what you think about whether or not Fox News does have space to at some point in, inject a little bit of the reality of Donald Trump's situation because it's very difficult to hide how much jeopardy he is increasing in
5: that is a very very good question because i think that uh, increasingly a lot of conservatives think of the conservative media as their safe space the phrase yeah. you use and they don't want to hear this necessarily and fox news has to look over its shoulder because there are other even more pro-trump networks out there right but i but i do think but i do think that uh was it eric who said uh, who said that fox news is not enough it's not enough because here's the the president who has really you know try to create an alternative reality um, around all of all of this and Fox News has contributed to creating this alternative reality bubble but you know facts are stubborn things and reality does intrude and you are starting to see some cracks here but it is interesting that how does Donald Trump react to all of these threats it's to go back into his warm fuzzy safe space and and, and uh, you know uh, engage in these incredibly cringeworthy sycophantic interviews But uh, that's only that's only going to get him so far.
8: Yeah, you know, we've been here before, actually. You know, uh, at the end of the Bush presidency, after Katrina, where just it was clear to everyone, even Republicans, that it was a disaster. Fox News basically almost stopped covering the White House. They did some stories, but they basically shifted the focus and they did other you know memes like war on sure. Christmas. Yeah. And so I think you right. know at some point they may just have to you know stop covering Trump so heavily yeah. and just find other stories because the audience just doesn't want to hear That's objectively right. bad news.
4: Well, I mean, and one of the things that you see yeah. in that very vein is that they focus on immigration, right? They focus oh, yeah, on yeah, something yeah, that yeah, triggers right. their bases, sort
8: of brown
10: people, know, yeah, exactly. brown
4: people, you know, storming the country because they completely stopped covering the caravan. Yeah, Interestingly right. enough,
5: apparently. It's Right. Um,
4: but you still have people like Tucker Carlson, here's Tucker Carlson, um, yep. who's you know, pretty much been hitting that one drum of demographic change, mm-hmm. it's scary, and that's what he's been doing. Here's a little bit of Tucker.
7: We have a moral obligation to admit the world's poor, they tell us, even if it makes our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided.
5: So, you know, this is their strategy, right, right? is to just keep on harping on that. Yeah. That has caused some backlash,
4: too. Pacific Life has pulled ads from Tucker Carlson's show because of that comment. Right. The
9: uh, That's what they do well. They do the smear. They do the hate-mongering. They do fear. Again, they don't do legal defense very well. <laughs> and, and we saw two new polls in the last 24 hours about people don't believe Trump specifically about yeah. the right. Yeah. Uh, And so there's been this 18 month Trump Fox News hoax campaign, complete failure. None of that stuff plays outside of the bubble and that's the problem they're gonna have in 2019.
4: And Charlie you know this audience very well uh, as I said before because one of the other things that seems to work or at least to be tried is sort of cultural grievance Mm -hmm. and this idea that it is all a conspiracy not just against Trump but by extension against conservatives that the left just hates conservatives and that that's the reason that they're trying to investigate Trump. Donald Trump this morning feeding that same thing by going after Saturday Night Live, which is an odd thing to do to keep on, he's obviously watching Saturday Night Live um, and he, he, it really upsets him that they make fun of him. But I, I put that up just to say that I've heard this for very many years, this idea among the right where they say co- comedy is biased against conservatives and therefore when people are making fun of someone like Donald Trump, by extension, they're making fun of the right, that is a way to defend Trump even against lying and criminality.
5: Yeah, there's, there's two things. Yes, um, the distraction, you know, love, you know, like it's almost like a dog with a squirrel, like, oh, let's look over here at Hillary's emails or these these uh, dark, dirty people coming across the border. But it is extraordinary the extent to which people on the right have played the victim card. Yes. About 20 years ago, I wrote a book called A Nation of Victims, but I never thought that the conservative <laughs> movement would embrace v- describing themselves as victims. And Donald Trump plays this, blaming the problems on the other, but also saying that attacks On him are attacks on you, which is why he plays this cultural grievance. So, for example, you know when he criticizes, you know his his critics. Watch how he pivots to say this is not about me. They are insulting you. They're coming for you. This is an assault on your values, and that of course has resonated. This this is one of the reasons we know this was one of the the themes of the Trump administration. I mean the Trump campaign and the Trump administration, and also this belief that Donald Trump himself can never fail, he can only be betrayed or undermined, you know, the buck never stops with Donald Trump, and you're going to see that theme a lot. And you
4: know, um, Gabe, I'm curious to see, again, how long in the Fox News establishment, you know, Roger Ailes was very good at grievance, right, and so was right wing talk radio, to be honest with you, if you listen to over the years Rush Limbaugh, it was a similar theme, they're coming after you, they're stealing from you, they, that amorphous they is out to get you, that's a pretty consistent and powerful theme, but Fox News did hire some people who still want to be journalists, right? Who yeah, still yeah. want to do that job. Chris Wallace, um, who often is in that pivot position yeah. of being doing conservative TV but also mm-hmm. doing journalism, here he is again, and I wonder how long this kind of thing can survive. Take a listen.
5: Michael Flynn, the president says, you know, Mueller says he lies. Flynn said he didn't lie. What he neglects neglect to mention is that the president fired him uh, three weeks after he became the national security advisor. Why did he fire him? For lying. So the president fired the man for lying who he's now defending
7: against lying.
4: I'm always fascinated by that dy- dichotomy, right? Yeah, because first yeah. of is still going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how long the management at Fox, the new management at Fox will tolerate. Is, is that something that they encourage?
8: Yeah, sorry. I think one of the changes in the Roger Ailes era, a comment like that, would have gotten someone taken off the air. It was much more top-down. I think in the post-Ailes era, they go where the audience goes. So they allow you know moments like that to happen because the ratings are good, but there's not the kind of authoritarian top-down where, you know, example is during the 2008 campaign, a young reporter had criticized Sarah Palin for not giving access to the press. That person was pulled off the air, never to appear again. So Things like that happen. They happen less now because the Murdochs are just primarily concerned with money. And the money is pouring in.
4: And, and I wonder now when you extrapolate from there to something like Sinclair, which is right. doing a completely different thing right. that is actually broader than what Fox is doing. They're just feeding direct propaganda into the homes of people through their traffic and weather together. I mean, that is an, a much. Sort of more ominous kind of uh, development.
2: Well, people
9: saw the, how much money you can make from Fox, and if you are a radical ideologue, like the owners of Sinclair, they say, "Well, let's just take this to the local stations." And you say, "Let's let's infiltrate uh, local news because polling shows people actually uh, uh, admire and respect local news right, and trust, trust news. it. Yeah. anything on local news, they're, they're more likely to trust. So that has been another in. But you know, Sinclair ran into a problem. Uh, they had to make an apology a couple weeks ago. So they're always seeing these bumps along the road. The way Fox is and they don't really know how this whole Trump mm-hmm. thing is gonna play, How's out. gonna play out. And that can, is can, the question, can Charlie. I, can I yeah, go on here too? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah,
5: yeah. No, and, and, and also, you know, speaking of this this pattern that we've been just describing, the the uh, shutdown of the weekly right. standard um, right. on, on, on Friday is really part of all this. And really rather extraordinary that one of the very, very few independent Trump skeptical publications on the right has basically been, well, ritualized, the, the, the victim of ritualized murder by, by the owners and, you know, how ironic that just as the Trump presidency appears to be imploding that this very, very important, dissenting, independent, fact-based voice on yeah. the right mm-hmm. has been silenced.
4: Yeah, yeah. It is an interesting yeah. development. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, Eric Fuller and Gabriel Sherman. Thank you very much, Charles. Yeah. going to be back later in the show. Well, Trump is now promising really good health care. Listen, 24 hours after an activist Republican judge went after Obamacare. More on that next.
5: really good health care exciting things happened over the last 24 hours if the republicans and the democrats get together we are going to end up with incredible health care which is the way it should have been from day one okay well you won't be surprised to find
4: out that that's not true the affordable care act is still the law of the land this morning and there are no signs that congress has any plans to redo health care from scratch What Trump was referring to was a surprise ruling Friday night, perfectly timed to disrupt the final day of Obamacare open enrollment, in which a conservative federal judge in Texas declared that the Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional, despite the Supreme Court ruling six years ago to uphold the ACA. This new ruling could put the health care law on track to wind up right back in the high court again before an even more conservative bench. Joining me now, Jonathan Cohen of the Huffington Post. Perry Bacon Jr. of 538.com and Wendell Potter, founder of Tarbell.org. Thank you all for being here. And John, I'm gonna start with you. We spoke the other night uh, during the Rachel Maddow show. You have you had time to digest this ruling and what are your thoughts on its viability?
7: Yeah, so I mean, the the ruling, the first time we looked at it Friday night, it, it looked uh, it, it looked kind of bananas, which is what, uh, and, and I use that phrase because in the two days since I, I've read a lot of the commentary from a lot of the legal experts, and actually yeah. a lot of uh, conservative experts have looked at it and said this ruling is bananas. That's actually <laughs> a direct quote from the guy who filed the last lawsuit right. against the Affordable Care Act. I mean, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, it basically says we need to uh, obey. Well, we have to respect the will of Congress. Congress, what Congress said back in 2010, even though Congress changed its mind in 2017. And again, people know this is all about the, the basis of the cases, the individual mandate, the penalty, that's now gone, Does that can the law stand or fall? Um, whether, you know, what happens with the case is hard to say. I mean, you know, uh, this is a fairly far-fetched legal argument. Um, it's hard to imagine a circuit court upholding it. It's even harder to imagine John Roberts who had two chances, To vote against the Affordable Care Act on much more plausible grounds voting against it, but you know It's not a guarantee. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's the thing. Now the possibility is out there.
4: And that's the thing, uh, Perry Bacon Jr., we've been talking about the Affordable Care Act since, you know, what, eight years now? Um, And and the reality is, is that as the law has gotten more popular, let's see a poll here, it's got a 53 to 40 favorable ruling. As the law has gotten more unpopular, that hasn't changed the Republican messaging on it. And Republicans have consistently, more than 50 votes in the House, to try to overturn it. They've consistently tried to gut it. This is still their thing, to get rid of it. So Republicans haven't changed their mind and just maybe it's just my cynicism but the courts are packed with Republican judges who simply think exactly like the base of the party.
10: Right. I think, you you know, think about how much Mitch McConnell's focus on judicial appointments to the yeah. exclusion of almost everything else. That is his big priority. I think the reason for that is you're likely to see more sort of venue shopping. We let's find the judge who will issue a ruling like this. The so conservatives targeted this judge. used to work for John Cornyn, knowing he would issue this kind of ruling. I think Jonathan's right. As long as John Roberts is in the court, you have four Democratic votes plus Roberts. So it's probably likely the decision will ultimately stand up. But I think we're now in almost year nine of Obamacare resistance. You have yeah. states won't, won't expand Medicaid, states won't use marketplaces, all these lawsuits. And I think you're gonna see this continue. We might be in year 12, or year 13. The Republicans now know they probably can't repeal this through Congress because it's unpopular, but I think they're gonna keep looking for the courts to knock down Obamacare for them.
4: And you know, Wendell, I, uh, Wendell Potter, I want to go to sort of another issue here, which is that you've got what Republicans, someone has described this ruling as the dog that caught the car, right? You have on the one hand, activist Republicans just don't believe in the idea of regulating the insurance markets. They believe insurance companies should have the right to charge people higher uh, you know, premiums if they want to because they have pre-existing conditions. They just don't believe in the idea of this at all. And on the other hand, you have people who have to legislate who they don't have the luxury of just being ideological. They may vote. to overturn uh, the Affordable Care Act, but they do so when they know it won't actually happen, right? So now let me show you a little bit of that dichotomy of Susan Collins, who's going to be up for re-election in a couple of years. Here's what she said about the ACA and this ruling earlier today. I think this will be overturned on appeal. You do? I
3: do in the Supreme Court or in the Fifth Circuit, or where? Where do you think it's?
4: I'm not sure where it will occur, but there's no reason why the individual mandate provision can't be struck down and keep all of the good provisions of the Affordable Care Act. At least for now, Susan Collins on the record saying that she thinks that this will be overturned uh, until it's politically expedient to change her mind. But now you have. Probably the most radical member of the Trump administration, uh, Stephen Miller, who was on CBS this morning, and here were his thoughts. So to be clear there, you're predicting that this goes to the Supreme Court and that the Supreme Court ultimately strikes down.
5: I believe that's the likeliest outcome because Obamacare has always been unconstitutional.
4: So Wendell Potter, that's the dichotomy, right? People have to get elected, don't want to say they're against things like the pre-existing conditions provision. People like Stephen Miller are like, yeah, kill the whole law.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Senator Collins has a much better understanding of how our health care system operates than Stephen Miller does. That's one thing. And I think that the senator is uh, hoping and, frankly, relying on the Fifth Circuit to uh, save the Republicans from themselves. And by the way, the Fifth Circuit, the chief judge there is uh, a Clinton appointee. So the chances of it being overturned there, or this decision being overturned, uh, is much greater. I think that that's probably the case. And whether it reaches the Supreme Court, you know, we'll just have to see. But I think that uh, increasingly Republican lawmakers and certainly Republican uh, voters are beginning to understand that we can't go back to where we were. In fact, uh, a significant uh, percentage of Republicans are saying we need to go much further and maybe even embrace the Medicare for all type that system. That's one thing that I think uh, we're going to be seeing is that um, more. And, and I think one of the problems with the Republicans is that they were misreading a lot of the polls. Uh, yeah, it has been unpopular at the ACA in the past. But a lot of the, that unpopularity is that the law did not go far enough, and it left the insurance companies uh, more or less still running our healthcare system. So I think uh, uh, I, I think that we're going to be seeing when the new Congress is sworn in, is going to be a move not only to preserve the Affordable Care Act, but also to move beyond that.
4: And John Zinkernagel, you were nodding there. You think that this might trigger to actually expansion of the law?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think that might be the ultimate effect. I mean, if you rewind the tape uh, to when they wrote the Affordable Care Act, mean, why did they settle on this kind of system? And a big part of the logic was, well, you know, it had some Republican ideas. There was a version of it in Massachusetts that Mitt Romney, a Republican governor, had signed. And there was a hope that, you know, by kind of incorporating some Republican ideas, trying to get some Republican cooperation in 2009 in the Senate, that that would sort of create a a little bit of a groundswell and make it easier to pass the law and easier to implemented. Well, we of course now know the very opposite happened. Um, the Republicans have been at war with this from day one, and it has not stopped. So the next time Democrats get a chance to do health care legislation, I mean, they're going to look at the landscape, they're going to remember this history, they're going to say, you know what, there's no point in trying to sort of, you know, compromise with the Republicans or take their ideas. We're just going to do what we think is best. Now, whether that's Medicare for all or some other version that involves expanding government programs, I think you're going to see that that's going to be the lesson of all these court decisions, of all these fights, is that, you know, trying to cooperate, trying to find a middle ground, uh, it it, it just doesn't pay off.
4: Yeah, and and Perry Bacon Jr., I still recall the the stories that you did going to Kentucky and people saying, well, I hate Obamacare, but then saying, but I like Connect, the version in Kentucky that is Obamacare. Is that dynamic still at play, that the base of the Republican Party, do they still hate the idea of having health care?
10: No, you, you see, uh, you saw these uh, ballot initiatives where in Utah, in Idaho, in conservative places, this November, Medicaid expansion was a big thing happening in Kentucky. That was where most of the newly insured were getting it. Medicaid expansion, people actually getting health care, is popular among Republican voters too. So that's a big thing. Is like, it's Republican voters. If you had a vote in most states, would be fairly favorable to Medicaid expansion and in and, and the other parts of the ACA. Republican activists, the Koch Foundation, those kinds of people are. Opposed But there's a real world effect of this, which is that as long as the activists are pushing this way, you had the last day of Obamacare enrollment, a big day, where the news is all over this law is gone. You have 14 states, places like Texas, places like Alabama, where you can't get on Medicaid still. So I still think the Republican effort here is probably unpopular and not going to ever be popular, but it's still going to meaningfully mean fewer people have health insurance than they otherwise would have.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And Wendell, just really quickly, let's just entertain this idea of Medicare for All because the sort of lead line on it is that it is completely unviable, too expensive, and Republicans are now messaging against it. It was done against Andrew Gillum, and there's to say that now Democrats want pure socialism. Is that true? Is it not viable? Or what do you, what do you make of this idea of Medicare for all?
3: No, in fact, the reason, uh, the the fact that they're pushing back against this shows that this has uh, growing public support for it and it's scaring the insurance industry, which is largely behind a lot of this propaganda. It it is not only viable, it's just a matter of, of when, it's not if and we cannot, if you look at the current system and project out 10 years, this is a system we can't afford. And you can save trillions of dollars by moving to a Medicare for all-fights system. All
2: type system alright we're
4: gonna have more of that discussion because it is, it is bubbling up, it's out there. So, Jonathan Cohen, Perry Bacon Jr., Wendell Potter, three of the best in the business to talk about this. Thank you guys very much, appreciate it. Thank and you. up next, Stephen Miller doubles down on Trump's threat of a government shutdown. More I enjoy, coming up. This is the year for holiday part, or the time of year for holiday parties all throughout cable news as a matter of fact team am joy had our party last night not to be outdone this morning the kids on the curvy couch did their secret fan exchange take
3: a look did you do it i did it all in oh it's the trumpy bear Yes,
1: like your product service or your book to be mentioned on the george wilder jr show twice a day four days a week <laughs> right here on the george wilder jr show just email the show or email its host for more details thank you
7: week in American politics and we are not done yet. We start with your exclusive huge interview overnight.
6: This thing came together very quickly late yesterday. And of course, it was a day after Michael Cohen received his three-year prison sentence, which he says was the worst day of his life. And then those attacks from President Trump started early yesterday morning. They continued throughout the day. At some point, Cohen, who wasn't planning to speak out, felt he had to respond. Now there are some things he can't answer because he's still cooperating with prosecutors, but he directly contradicts President Trump's claims about those hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels and playmate Karen McDougal. And as you'll see, he is emotional, remorseful, and determined to tell what he says is the truth about President Trump. Michael, thank you for doing this. George, good to see you. Emotional day in court uh, yesterday, and and I was struck by that line you had, you said you felt like you could have your freedom back. Yes. How does it feel today?
0: like I have my freedom back. Though I have to be honest, it's been very rough you know, to be before the court with my family in attendance, my mother, my father, my wife, my children, my sisters, my brother, my niece, cousins, friends. It was um, It was a very rough day. And then you wake up today and the president's tweeting from
6: very early Uh, in the morning, Uh, several different things. What struck me most is his claim that um, you you agreed to this plea deal for this reason, he said, those charges were just agreed to him by him in order to embarrass
0: the president and get a much reduced prison sentence. I know which tweets you're talking about. First of all, it's absolutely not true. Um, I did not do it to embarrass the president. He knows the truth. I know the truth many people know the truth. Under no circumstances do I want to embarrass the president of the United States of America. The truth is, I told the truth. I took responsibility for my actions and instead of him taking responsibility for his actions what does he do? He attacks my family and after yesterday again, being before the court and taking the responsibility and receiving a sentence of 36 months. The the only thing he can do is to tweet about my family. He said in the tweets, he
6: repeated in an interview later on, that basically he says, his claim,
0: you're lying about him to protect your wife, to protect your father. Inaccurate. He knows the truth. I know the truth. Others know the truth. And here is the truth. The people of the United States of America, the people of the world, don't believe what he's saying. The man doesn't tell the truth. And it's sad that I should take responsibility for his dirty deeds. You lie for him for a long time. More than 10 years. Why? Out of loyalty. Out of loyalty to him. I followed a bad path, and hence how we started this conversation. I I have my freedom. And I will not be the villain, as I told you once before. I will not be the villain of his story.
6: He's saying very clearly that he never directed you to do anything wrong. Is
0: that true? I don't think there's anybody that believes that, first of all, nothing at the Trump Organization was ever done unless it was run through Mr. Trump. He directed me, as I said in my allocution, and I said as well in the plea, he directed me to make the payments, he directed me to become involved in these matters, uh, including the one with McDougall, which was really between him and David Pecker and then David Pecker's counsel. I just reviewed the documents in order to protect him. I gave loyalty to someone who truthfully does not deserve loyalty. He was trying to hide
6: what you were doing, correct? Correct. And he knew it was wrong? Of course. And he was doing that to help his election?
0: You have to remember at what point in time that this matter came about, two weeks or so before the election, post the Billy Bush comments. So, yes, he was very concerned about how this would affect the election.
6: To help his campaign.
0: To help him and the campaign.
6: You mentioned dirty deeds in your allocution uh, yesterday. When you think about it, when you look back...
0: Did you know what you were doing? I'm angry at myself because I knew what I was doing was wrong. I stood up before the world yesterday and I accepted the responsibility for my actions. The actions that I gave to a man who, as I also said in my elocution, I was loyal to. I should not be the only one taking responsibility for his actions. So he's still lying? Yes. Do you know why you were loyal to him at the beginning? No. No. It was a blind loyalty. It was to a man I I admired, but I, I do not know the answer to it. And I'm angry at myself. My family is disappointed that they have taught me, my mother, father, right from wrong. And I didn't display good judgment. You call it
6: blind loyalty, the prosecutors seem to suggest it was, uh, southern district prosecutors I should add, seem to suggest it was something you were being driven by greed and ambition. No, that's
0: inaccurate. But, again, I took responsibility for my actions, but I didn't make my money working for Donald Trump. I had made a substantial amount of money years before working for Donald Trump. And anybody who knows me knows that to be the truth.
6: So what do you say to people, and you know, there are a lot of people who who would be watching who are going to be thinking, but wait a second, he lied for so long, why
0: should we believe him now? What's the answer to that? What do you mean lied? Lied about what? At the Trump Organization, it's a microcosm of even just the New York real estate market. What do we lie about? It's New York real estate. Yes, it's the greatest product ever created. Is that a lie? Well,
6: but you pleaded guilty to lying to Congress.
0: Yes. So why should we believe you now? Because the special counsel stated emphatically that the information that I gave to them was credible and helpful. There's a substantial amount of information that they possess that corroborates the fact that I am telling the truth. So you're done with the lying. I am done with the lying. I am done being loyal to President Trump. And my first loyalty belongs to my wife, my daughter.
2: just what I'm talking about. Have you ever been mistreated? You know just what I'm a slave, but the lonely years every Friday I come, straight out home with a homebound Mm-hmm. The next woman that I marry, she gonna work and bring me the gold. Have you ever been mistreated?
1: The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air, broadcast live out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, WTTTY Central Standard Time. Great guests, great show, great music, great fun. Be sure to check out my oh, like Kindle eBooks doing, huh? on Amazon. The George Wilder Jr. Show has been around five years and
2: counting,
1: and it is that always is. a fun time, folks. <laughs> It is always a fun time. It's live. It's exciting. It's real. It's funny. (laughs) It's a Chicago. It is Chicago's finest. I'm a writer, musician, radio host, producer, director, exciting interviews, fun, laughter. Really? While being serious at the same time, the George Wilder Jr. Show is like no other. Get on board. Let's ride. The George Wilder Jr. Show is your show. America's show chicago show and we are making the world a better place one show at a time time all right folks the george Walter jr show is on the air and i uh, hope you enjoyed that little bit of entertainment uh sometimes you need something to flush out the uh cobwebs and i think that did it for me at least for me and uh you you don't want to always try to even though this is a serious show, but there's times when people should sit back, relax and enjoy themselves musically, I think, you know, and I've been, um, uh, approached and I've been told about the, uh, the music that I, the entertainment, I call it entertainment. I was going to say music, but the entertainment that I provide for the show, and some people give, gives me a, they give me a thumbs up for it. And uh, I try to break the monotony with some of the things I do on the show. Sometimes if you tune into the show, you'll probably hear the same stuff, the same kind of entertainment over and over again, because this is some of my favorite, favorite people who are doing great things in the entertainment industry. And in in the entertainment industry, if I can say it. Sometimes my tongue gets twisted. But you know what? We lost a lot of people in the entertainment industry this year. I mean, it is so many to mention. I mean, wow. I mean, I'm always flabbergasted when we lose entertainers, especially people doing the things that I'm doing uh, in terms of being a musician. I mean, a lot of musicians have passed away. Uh, For one thing, you know, uh, life is what it is. I mean, everybody's going to die, no matter who you are, where you are, you're going to die. So you always try to live uh, your life the best way you can. You always try to give and you help other people. You want to go out, you know, knowing that you've done something uh, for someone else, made someone else happy. And that's my goal. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, it's not about me anymore. It's about other people out there because a lot of people still they don't know a lot of things they' not that well off educated and you know a lot of things they uh things they should know they don't know and uh, you'd be surprised at some of the things that I've said on the show and done on the show that have taught other people and 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 they've gone on to better their their lives. You feel good about those kinds of things and you feel good because as i've said it's not about it's not about me anymore it's it's about Making the world a better place, and I've said that uh, a thousand times on this show, and I really mean it. It's about making the world a better place, and I I always think of that Michael Jackson song, the late Michael Jackson's, one of his songs anyway, uh, called The Man in the Mirror. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. Man in the mirror, woman in the mirror, boy in the mirror, girl in the mirror – if you want to make the world a better place, take a look inside yourself. That's what he's that's what he was saying. Take a look at yourself. Take a look inside of yourself. Because if you really want to make the world a better place, it's up to you, it's up to me to make the world a better place. You know, we, there's always going to be those folks out there who's going to be stupid, crazy and ignorant, but and listen to me and say that I'm one of the people who are making the world a lot worse than what it is. But we all are trying to make the world a better place. Most of us are. Fox News is not, believe me. (laughs) If you're watching Fox News, on the side of Donald Trump, I mean, Fox News, Donald Trump, the Russians, the Nazis, all of these people within the United States, they are not trying to make the United States a better place. They are trying to destroy it. But shows like mine—if you listen to shows like mine—we're uh, out to make the world a better place. We're out to rid the world of Russians, Nazis, uh, this crazy president. We're trying to make the world a better place, and I agree with someone with a poster. Uh, people saying that five years from now we're going to be—you know—we're going to look back on this hor- horrific and nightmare time in our country, and we're going to say, "Wow." We've got past it. It's over. He's gone. You know, uh, yeah, five years from now, three years from now, because this cannot last. This shit with Donald Trump cannot last. This uh, uh, Republican Party cannot last. These people are talking about shutting down the government. And uh, you don't shut down the government. It's costly. It's time-consuming. And it's a waste of time. And basically it's stupid. Okay? It's stupid. But Donald Trump, I mean, he's a part of the Repu- I mean, he's a part of, part of the corrupt Republicans. He's also a part of the Russians who want to come in and control and take over the United States. We cannot let that happen. We spoke on uh, November 6, uh, 2018. We won. We didn't win the House, the uh, Senate, but we'll work on that in 2020. You know, so we want to get these Republicans out because they are no good for America. They want to see America go down the fucking tubes, and this is where Trump is taking America. He doesn't give a fuck. he doesn't care. he doesn't care about you or me, the American people. he doesn't care about your your kids, your house, your child in college. He doesn't give a damn about that. He cares about lining his fucking pockets and taking this country down. Remember. Donald Trump cannot borrow money. He's had six, or five or six bankruptcies. I mean, no bank in the history of the world, nowhere in the world, is going to give Donald Trump a bank loan. And he's pissed off about that. He's saying to himself, well, he's saying to us, I'm president of the United States. I should be able to walk into a bank and get a loan. He can't do that. So he's trying to take down the banks, along with everything else in America. But since he's gotten all of these uh, um, lawsuits and felonies and more shit under his belt, the Trump organization, uh, uh, all these lawsuits, I don't think Donald Trump is going to make it. People are saying, well, maybe he should resign. He better not if he doesn't want to be indicted, because as soon as he resigns, he becomes – a." private citizen and he's susceptible to be indicted. If he runs in 2020 and loses, he becomes a private citizen and will be indicted. So, at this point, folks, there's no doubt in hell that being president is saving Donald Trump's ass. Being president his presidency is saving his ass if you if you want to be technical about it the the department of justice is saving his ass because they have something on their book saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted which i think is bullshit but they're going to go by it i think robert Mueller, as i've said is going to adhere to it because he's a man who follows the rules he goes by the book so uh But Donald Trump still may not make it to 2020 as president of the United States. We don't know. Then he could make it to uh, uh, 2020 and decide to run again. Are Republicans really, really dumb and stupid enough to, to want this guy to be in office for a second term? when all he does is throw their asses under the bus he do- he doesn't give a shit he wants their loyalty but he really doesn't give a shit about their loyalty he will throw them under the bus as quick as shit he embarrasses them he tweets like like an idiot that he is you know so and there are even some media outlets that are saying well Donald Trump could win in 2020 if Donald Trump wins in 2020, it means that the Republicans have cheated, lied, and con, and the Russians helped. But I'm pretty sure the United States, regardless of this stupid bastard that we have in the White House, they're going to make sure that our elections are protected. Trump and the Republicans, one of the things that they will not do, they will not put forth funding to protect our elections. They will not do it because they don't – they know – that America is against them and will vote against them. So they feel that the only way they that they're going to get their asses in office is to cheat, like they've done in Wisconsin, as, as they've done in Texas, in Georgia, North Carolina. They can only um, win offices by cheating. You know that. I know that. We all know that. The world knows that. But they don't give a fuck that we know that they cheat, as long as they – Get their asses in office. That's all they want—the power. They want the power. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. We're just off the off the air, we're starting a brand new week, folks. And you know, uh, 2019 is just around the corner, and we're gonna have we're gonna try and do some great things for the George Wilder Jr. Show in 2019. Some things, some things will just stay the same because a lot of people hate change. A lot of people can't deal with change. They, things have to stay the same, but I'm the type of guy, and my show is a type of show that we welcome change. I mean, I think change is good, especially if it's positive change, positive change. And that's what the George Wilder Jr. Show it will go through is a positive change. And I want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to the show. It's been fun. It's been great. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. It's going to be some of the same stuff, but it'll be exciting. There is never a dull moment on the George Wilder Jr. show. There is never a dull moment. And I want to say thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tell other people about the show. Make sure you go check on Amazon, check some some of my writings out and hope you hope all of you will join me tomorrow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Don't forget to tell people about the show. It's a great show. It's uh it's the finest thing in Chicago, maybe in the world, you know, so who knows? It's great to know and see that people are listening to my show in their cars. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. I just get all goosebumps sometimes. And I want to thank those people who are doing that. But if you listen to any, any way that you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. show, it is always, always welcome. Bye-bye, everybody. Join me tomorrow. Bye-bye.
2: Black Mole